come on. Yeah, come on. It's like that. It's like that. Hello and welcome to my young, loyal listeners of Teen Bible Study Talk in 10 Minutes. So what do you know? Word on the go. This podcast is brought to you by and produced by Real Time with the Bennett's, where real talk happens all the time. I'm your host, Minister Bennett, of today's episode, and my co-host is the lovely Sister Bennett. For this week's episode, we have a special guest joining us via phone on the PNT Podcast Show. It's an interview of the man with the vision and commitment to open the doors of the Body of Christ Church when God spoke to him. Yeah, that's right. Come on, come on, come on. Welcome to the show, Pastor Stewart. Uh, thank you for having me, uh, Minister Bennett. It is a pleasure and a privilege to be here, and thank God for all you are doing. Thank you. Thank you for those kind words. You know, I sent you the questions beforehand so, you know, we can get right into it, you know, in the interest of time. So people want to hear from you and not from me. You started this ministry 17 years ago. Did you ever envision the growth the church has experienced? Absolutely not. Um, And to qualify that is to say when the Lord placed it on my heart, it came to me in the vision of shepherding a people. And from that as I always say, or come to know myself, is God will give you the vision and maybe the first step. The rest of the way is simply a faith walk. And right now, brother, I'll be the first to tell you, this has far uh, exceeded what I could think or imagine about the church growth or about the church in general. And what we are in right now is constantly a faith walk. So. 17 years ago to ask me if this is where I thought this is where we would have been. No, because I had no idea. I just know I just had to step out on faith and remain obedient to what God had given me. Wow, that's awesome. That is truly awesome. In keeping with the mindset from 17 years ago, a lot has happened in the ministry through growth, people leaving, people coming, people sharing, and people growing with you. We heard a lot about your passion for the next generation. Our next question would be, you're such a youth-oriented pastor. What does that look like, and what does that truly mean? Well, for me, it truly means I'm not just, you know, uh, geared toward the youth. What I I think, and I'm glad you asked this question, is I think what I am trying to be is a bridge between the youth and the elderly. And, And what I mean by that, each of us, every day we grow older. And in my time with elders and on this earth, I always see how when um, people get older, they tend to just really love up on when they see the youth doing things so positive. So for me, in seeing that, I see that the youth that are around older people sort of bring out the youthfulness of that older person. And in seeing that, I wanted to sort of be a conduit that I can help bridge that. So when I when they say I'm, I'm youth oriented, it is to definitely keep a flavor of of thriving in the church because as you would know as a minister yourself, when congregations that get old and they have no youth to follow up, then the church as you know that particular congregation sort of dies off. It has been my goal to always make sure that we have what I call a, another crop of young ones coming through and as, and being at the body of christ church you know right now if if we get back to the building or we continue to do what we're doing we have just that we have a new crop of little ones coming through and 
even our new infants that have uh, come into the world. So I just wanted to keep it youthful. And in doing so, I wanted to make sure that our youth know that in our church alone, you have so much history. To be able to talk to someone who have gone through the civil rights or been around in times of war and things like that, those are things that I think if we can just bring these two groups together or keep that, that line of communication open, then you will have these younger ones learning from the older ones. And as you know, in our congregation, we have our elderly now on iPhones, FaceTime, Zooming, all of that. So I think that is what it means for me to be uh, youth-oriented. It's more of a youthfulness, you know, as far as the atmosphere. All of our young listeners can truly appreciate that answer to that question. Because without the youth, there is no future. Because they are the future. Stay tuned as we take a quick break. And we are back live in the PNT podcast studio with the second part of the interview with Pastor Kenneth E. Stewart. So picking up where we left off for our next question, we also heard that you're not a traditional pastor and people absolutely love you for that. Can you elaborate on what that means for people who may not know you? Well, for people that don't know me, uh, I'm not knocking traditionalism or anything like that. Uh, that's what I want to first and foremost say. When I'm talking about traditional, as far as being a pastor, it comes back from what I uh, was so used to seeing. Um, just to give you a case in point, I'm not really keen on, per se, an armor barrel. Now, I know some pastors, they have that and definitely not a knock on it. But for me, I am not. I want people to feel like they can reach out to me. I want people that's why everybody, my teens and everybody in the church, they have my number where they can reach out to me. And strangely enough, you know, I really don't get a whole lot of calls, you know, as far as people calling, you know, just to talk about things. Now, I get people call when they need something, but that's fine. So when I'm talking about traditional, I'm talking about, for me, if I am preaching, per se, and a child wanders out into the alleyway. Where back in the day, that would mean like the ushers almost was diving to grab the child or what have you. For me, that's a time for me to interact with the child. That's a time for people to see that even though I am a pastor, I'm human, I'm a father, I'm a friend, I'm a brother. So I try to use those things to make sure the congregation as well as visitors will understand my heart. I am people oriented. And Tradition sometimes, you know, you see some pastor have an entourage. That would never be me. I have to be able to be accessible to the congregation and those that would need me at all times. So that's what I mean in one of the instances of not being your tradition pastor. Thanks for that great explanation, because a lot of people get confused when they hear terms like non-traditional, non-denominational. A lot of pastors should follow suit with your explanation. Because the pastor is supposed to be the shepherd of the flock. And if the flock can't get to the shepherd, who are they shepherding? Moving on to our next question. It may be a tough one. If you were given the opportunity to be God for a day, what three things would you do? And looking on this question, I have to admit, this is one that really stumped me because it caused me to first look at it in a reflection type way. But then immediately, for some reason, I went into reverence. Because with this question, if there was an appropriate answer for me, 
I would say that I would, you know, create man in my image. And in doing so, uh, I would give him authority over the earth and everything that dwells in it and already have a plan for him to get back to me when he messes up. Then I would introduce him to my son and let them know that I love you so much. I love all of you so much that I will have my son because of my sacrificial system. My son who has no sin would be, uh, would, would take your place on the cross and be crucified for you. And then with that, I will make it for you to come back to me by all you having to do is believe in my son and follow his decrees and his commands. So saying that to say, I would do nothing different than what God has already done. Because when I look at it, this causes me to realize that the thought of this surpasses my line of thinking that the creator, I would have to stand in his place. And then I would do things first looking at what I think he may have missed or done or, uh, or done wrong or something like that, and I change it? No, that, I cannot do that. So from what I said to this, if I, somebody called me on the street and said, what would I answer to this? My answer would be no comment because the God that I serve, I could not, would not want to take his place for be God. I would just like to reverence in what he has done for me. And I pray, minister, that that makes sense. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, listeners, if, if, you, if your body didn't tingle or a sense of, of, of reverence didn't come across you when he was speaking, uh, I would have to say you might want to listen to that segment again because chills went through my body just thinking about, like you said, if I was God for a day, what three things would I do? I, I wouldn't be able to choose because it would mean I, I would be leaving someone out to, to help someone else, and, and, and I just would not want to be left with making that decision. And I'm, I'm going to let God be God all by himself. All by himself, because if we were to be God, we would go into it thinking about who we would try to, you know, teach a lesson, you know, what all those type of things. I don't know. No, let God be God. And so that's, that's where I'm standing. That's my story, minister, and I'm sticking to it. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. And with that, we've completed our interview. With the remaining time, what would you like the listeners to know about you, your ministry, or anything else on your heart that has not been covered? Amen. Well, first, I want to say thank you for this opportunity to just share with some of the questions that you posed before me. I really thank God for you. I'm going to share with you something that I've had to come learn that, you know, people may not know, and this is on my heart. We talked about me being youth-oriented and that type of pastor, but never did I understand that I didn't have to be the one that would be the catalyst for the youth orientation. Saying that to say, I'm bringing and giving out kudos to you because God, I found out, would put people around you and in your space that would have like mind and like vision. So for you to come with this podcast for teens and for you and I to be brothers in Christ, then the youth orientation is bet even through you. Wow, I appreciate the kind words closing out this interview. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. We look forward to having you back in the near future to continue this awesome dialogue and discussion about your journey into ministry and all the great things happening at the Body of Christ Church. 
And again, thank you for your time on the air with us today. Have a great day, Pastor Stewart. As always, please don't forget to subscribe and share so that you and your friends will get all future notifications when new and exciting episodes are uploaded and posted. Until next time, stay safe and live a life holy and acceptable to God. After all, it's your reasonable service. With a special thank you to LJ Productions for post-productions editing techniques that's used for this podcast. This podcast was sponsored in part by the Body of Christ Church in Waldorf, Maryland, Pastor Kenneth E. Stewart, it's Christian Education Ministry in association with Real Time with the Bennetts. Or Real Talk What? You got it. Happens all the time. Yeah, it's like that.